Have you ever found yourself feeling out of control and overwhelmed with all the chaos in the world? As mothers, we're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. Joyfully Prepared guides and reassures mothers that they can create a home of love, unity, and laughter, as well as produce an atmosphere of resourcefulness and resilience. I know a lot about a few things and a little about a lot of things. I'm your host, Wendy Bergen, and this is the Joyfully Prepared Podcast. Welcome to the Joyfully Prepared Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so happy to introduce you to my friend and guest, Lisa McGrath. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad you're here, Lisa. We're going to learn so many good things from you. I hope so. Dr. Lisa McGrath is an international best-selling author and speaker, national board certified teacher, and achievement coach who offers inspirational, practical, and spiritual guidance. She teaches busy individuals to find clarity, purpose, and direction with the intentional acts that help them achieve their goals and live an intentional life. Her recent book, A House with Four Rooms, Physical, Mental, Emotional, and Spiritual Well-Being, part memoir and part instructional guide, teaches the philosophy of living a healthy lifestyle. She's the author of Pages with Purpose, an international best-selling anthology that shares entrepreneurs, coaches, and authors' personal stories of why, for professional purposes, visibility, and marketing. After helping hundreds share their story, stories, Lisa uses her experience to help others craft and publish their personal stories with her step-by-step program so they can gain professional authority, credibility, and business growth. You are one busy lady, sister. Yes, ma'am, I am, but it's wonderful, and I'm so blessed, so it's great. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here again. I look forward to learning from you, as always. Oh, thank you. So I have a question for you. Um, we were focusing on mothers, mothers with teens, and my question for you today is how, as a mother and a grandmother, how do you stay connected? How did you stay connected with your children? And what advice do you have for mothers who love their kids, but they're kind of, these teenagers are going through their own evolution and the moms love them, but they're struggling a little bit. So how can they um, stay connected? Good question. So I'm all about communication. Communication okay. is, it, whether it's, like I said, with the house with four rooms, it's a communication with yourself, that, inter- that internal journey, but also communication with others because everyone has a story. Mm-hmm. Well, my story of my teenagers, when my boys were younger, my older boy, um, if I said something was white, he said it was black. If I said go, he said stop. Um, that's just the, the relationship we had. I said go into the Air Force, so he went into the Army. <laughs> Um, just the relationship. And one of the things I learned early on is that communication was going to be so important. So when he was doing things, uh, I mean, I'm gonna be honest, he stole money out of my purse, let's say. Mm -hmm. And, And I kept catching him doing these things that were wrong. I realized that he must be getting away with a lot more or the punishment isn't enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to come up with a secret code, a code word. So I had a code word when they were younger for strangers, like stranger danger. Right. So 
unless that person stopped and asked you to get in the car, ask the code word. If they don't have it, you don't get in the car. Right. Well, so I came up with a code word. And if you had anything going on in your life and you needed to talk to me about it, Mm -hmm. you could say, mom, I need 15 minutes of your time. So whenever they said 15 minutes of your time, that meant no television, no radio. We didn't have cell phones, um, but we, you know, so no phone calls, Mm -hmm. no interrupted time. They needed 15 minutes. Now I'm going to be honest, Wendy, it often was more than 15 minutes. Of course. And so what would happen is typically um, we would sit on the floor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Comfortably, or we get comfortable. um, We had beanbag chairs. And for that 15 minutes, the the deal was you could tell me anything without punishment. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is when a lot of the communication would come up and they would want to really get rid of a lot of their guilt or what they had done wrong. Because I raised them and said, if you, if you think that you're doing something or something is proposed to you and you have to think, well, should I do it or not? Always think, how would I feel if mom knew this or if I had to talk with mom about this? Okay. As a, as a, as a measure of should right. I do it or not do it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. How, how will mom feel about this? And so, um, so during this 15 minutes, you can find out different things. Now, I'm going to be honest. I found out a lot of things I never wanted to know. Okay. Especially, especially with my older son. I found out lots of things about things that moms don't want to know. Right. But one of the important things that came up is my son was um, on in the wrestling team mm-hmm. in school, mm-hmm. in high school. And they were champions for 10 years running and their team went to Russia Whoa. to um, uh, compete. And when the boys went, I tried to be a chaperone because I thought, how cool is that? Right. I go to Russia. And my son said, no, mom, you're not, I don't want you to come. You'll embarrass me. Oh. Well, I wish I had gone, quite frankly, after hearing the stories. But um, <laughs> so, but he went to Russia and the boys um, from, this is a long time ago, of course, they were told to stay in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't, mm-hmm. you know, and they went to the black market. Oh, and we're exchanging and trading and bartering the like we were told specifically things they could not bring. Like Chicago Bulls were really big at that time. So you couldn't bring any of Chicago Bulls outfits or anything. Um, Only one pair of jeans. You couldn't bring bubble gum. There were just different things you weren't allowed to bring. Wow. Well, he brought us home wonderful gifts. I'm like, I didn't give you enough money to buy these gifts. Well, his suitcase was empty of his clothes, too, and his shoes. So <laughs> they exchanged it. But one of the things I found out um, in this 15 minutes of communication was that each boy took $1 bill and bought, a, 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 I think it was a liter of vodka. Oh. They didn't realize that they could have shared. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they all thought they needed their own. <laughs> And so I learned that he, they drank this, their vodka and they were all sick. Right. Sick. And then the other thing I learned was some of the kids, not my son, but some of the other kids had exchanged and bartered for switchblades. Oh. Now switchblades, you're not, and they're going on airplanes to get back. Right. So, um, so this was a big deal. And one of the things about our communication was that 
there wasn't punishment for you. However, if you told us anything within that communication period that affected or had damaging things or could mm-hmm. be harmful to someone else, right? that we had to tell the authorities gotcha. uh, or, or whatever. And yes. so we did have to, to tell the authorities about these switchblades. Um, but again, open communication and allowing your child to speak to you mm-hmm. and to tell you things that they're already afraid to talk about yeah. and take away that barrier of there's going to be a punishment involved. Now I'm not saying, well, they did get, pun- they did have a sort of punishment because they had to listen to the lecture afterwards. Right. So they weren't getting something taken away. Uh-huh. Um, and in those days it was like the Atari. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, but they had to listen to reason uh-huh. and, and then the part of that communication and listening to reason is they had to clarify, they meaning they had to talk, whatever I said to them, they had to repeat back to me to tell me what they heard. Yeah. I understand you to say that this is the way you wish I had handled this, or I hear you saying this, this, and this, however, here's how, what I feel about that. And again, this was an open communication. Right. And so that's my, my big, my big thing is even now um, working with all of the the people that I work with, Mm -hmm. whether they're teenagers or even adults, Mm -hmm. is that open communication. Right. Don't apply judgment. Right. Yeah. Don't apply the judgment. They're already going to get judged in my mind. So don't apply judgment. Right. Apply counsel. I, I, what I hear you saying, uh, I mean, just to, to restate what you're saying is it was healthy and it was safe. There's, there's so much uncertainty in the world right now. There always has been, but I, I think, uh, and having raised teenagers and having one right now, um, they're in their head all the time and they're being bombarded with all sorts of messages and like you said, they're, they are really scared because they love their mom and their dad so much that they want to feel safe talking to their mom or their dad, but in this case, their mom. And to know that she'll listen, that she won't get all hot and bothered over what this child is saying to her. And um, I, I, I think that is wise that you figured out how to carve out safety so that there could be that communication because they need to talk to somebody. They do. You know, when my kids were younger, do you remember the show Sesame Street? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So Sesame Street, Big Bird yep. had a friend called Snuffleupagus or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, they made it as a, a figment of his imagination. Right. Well, what was very upsetting to me is if a child went to an adult and said, this is happening or I need help. I didn't want my child to think that the adult wouldn't believe them. Yes. And so that's where this whole idea of I need to make sure that my kids know that I will listen to them. Mm-hmm. I don't have to agree with them, but right. I will listen to them. And that's where this, this all came from. Um, was Sesame Street. Interesting. Yeah, Sesame Street. And I can remember writing letters to the Children's Network, I think it was called. Yeah. And uh, saying that I have a problem with this because my children are watching this 
And I want them to know if they go to a respected adult, that that adult will listen to you and not say it's a figment of your imagination. Yes. Yes. Because whatever you're doing, whatever you're saying, whatever you're feeling mm-hmm. is really what you're feeling in that moment. Yeah, I agree. And if, and if, I feel like if you're not addressing that with your child and teaching them healthy ways to communicate, I don't want to say deal with it, but to, you know, let's figure out an answer to this. Let's, there's a, there is a, a solution. There's always a solution. But if they're not taking seriously uh, even as young children or teenagers, then what happens as they go out into the world? Exactly. Exactly. So it's, that's important. Well, I, I really appreciate your counsel. I appreciate your um, expertise and your knowledge and that you're willing to share that with us today. That's very, very kind of you to take time to do that. And I would like for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about your program, House with Four Rooms. Okay, so I have my book, A House with Four Rooms, which Mm -hmm. is a guide for living an intentional life, for physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being. And what I'm talking about, A House with Four Rooms is actually based on an Indian proverb that says you should think of yourself as having four rooms, Mm -hmm. a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual room. And you have to go into each one of these rooms every single day. Now, it tells you, you don't have to go in for a long period of time, but you have to go in each day to at least open a window to air it out. Mm. So you're doing something for yourself because self-care is so important. Mm -hmm. When you have a solid foundation to build on, you can then, it ripples out, just like kindness. Think of that stone that goes in the water, the ripples. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's all about. And so if you're kind to yourself, you have more power to be kind to others. That's beautiful. So that's so that's my whole philosophy is is living intentionally, making choices. Not I'm not saying that you're going to make the right choices all the time, mm-hmm. but you're intentional and you're self aware and you're mindful about it. Right. So I, I so I teach journaling processes, and that's what my book has. It's part guide, um, part memoir because I share my own stories. Lovely. Thank you so much. And where can our listeners find you? Well, my website is www.lisamcgrath.me. So L-I-S-A-M-C-G-R-A-T-H dot M-E. Perfect. And uh, that is fantastic. And so those of you who are listening, you can also click on the show notes and find all the links to for to find Lisa and anything else we might have discussed. We'll put that in the show links. So Lisa, thank you so much. We're so glad. I'm so glad you were here and could teach us a little bit more. Well, thank you for inviting me. I loved our time together. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to Joyfully Prepared. I'm grateful for you and appreciate you inviting me into your life. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about this delightful podcast. Leaving a joyful review would earn you all sorts of karma points too. I invite you to join my free Facebook group at www.joyfulprepgroup.com and join with other like-minded mothers.